Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Happy to Meet Cute. This is Fallon Ballard here with my intrepid co-host, Courtney <laughs> Kay. We have another bonus episode today and um, a very amazing guest. But before we get to that, I don't even know. Normally, we like, before we start recording an intro, we're like, what are we going to talk about on this intro? And we did not do that. <laughs> we just started recording <laughs> So here we are. So how is life, my friends? Oh, my fabulous Fallon. You know, when you call me intrepid, I always think of like intrepid waters. <laughs> and I picture myself as like a pirate and it makes me really happy. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, I can't say I've ever pictured you as a pirate, but I love that journey for you. So let's make that happen. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Incredible. Um, so yeah, I mean, how am I doing? I know, well, we talked a little bit before we logged on. So I'm just going to be straight up very honest. I think that I have been pushing through so much. Uh, I don't know the right, it, not like a burnout, but just like, I don't, that doesn't feel like the right word, but just, I, I start to feel like overexposed. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that's the word. Like I just. I have this feeling, maybe <laughs> my little cancer self, I have this feeling of like <laughs> needing to go into my shell. Yeah. And yeah. I've been feeling that for a little while and I have been pushing past it. Mm-hmm. And now fall is here and like, you know, it's fine. I can be a little woo woo, but like, <laughs> yeah, just like that feeling of like, okay, see, it's time to just sort of like step back, yeah. go inward a little bit take care of myself. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm really feeling that to the point where like, if I keep ignoring it, it's probably going to be a fucking issue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want you to get to that point. It's important. Like, and I know we talk a lot about like listening to ourselves, but it's, it's uh, easy to talk about and hard to put into practice. It really is. And I really had to, um, I mean, yeah, just to be brutally honest, like <clears throat> I have had some days here, especially like working from home, mm-hmm. you know, while my family's gone, like I'm almost non-functioning like some yeah. days because it's like everything is too much. Yeah. So why start anything mm-hmm. to the point where like I won't. I'm just gonna. You know what? Who fucking cares? This morning I woke up in yesterday's pajamas. Like that's oh. how. That's yeah. how it, it it's it's getting. And I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> this is not just me being lazy. You know. Right. Yeah. This is actually. I need to actually address this and stop ignoring it and pay attention to it mm-hmm. and talk about it. Yeah. You know, and like get to the point where it's like. Mm, Okay, it's time for you to actually take care of yourself. And you should have done so a while ago. Yeah, but I do think it's important to not beat yourself up about that. (laughs) That's true. I had that thought right (laughs) after I said it. Because I I was sitting with my cat last night, and I think she knows. Like, I think my cat knows. They totally know. Because she has been so cuddly and so sweet and just with me every second. Yeah. 
And I'm sitting there last night. I couldn't fall asleep because I had caffeine way too late in the day. So it's like 3 a.m. and I'm watching like YouTube shorts and I just look over at her and she gives me that slow blink of love. I'm like, I know I'm a piece of shit right now. (laughs) Like, But you get to that point where you're beating yourself up and you're like, I smell. I'm a piece of shit. Like, what did I eat? I don't even know. Um, You know, And, and I think like it's not healthy to get to that point. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why humans as humans we tend to do that but yeah there's a lot going on and we have a lot coming up and you personally are working on a new project which is like always fun and exciting but also can be very overwhelming and very stressful especially like not knowing you know what's going to happen next like that it's a lot for your for your brain to be processing and especially once you start getting into a project it starts when it starts to consume your brain Mm mm-hmm and then like you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I've been zoning out for 10 minutes and I didn't yeah. get this one thing done. And now there are too many things. Um, so I think, you know, I haven't seen my therapist in a while because um, she's expensive. <laughs> Let's right? just be real. Mm-hmm. I feel that. <laughs> my insurance amazingly does cover some therapists, but not mine. No. And I love her. Um, yeah. But anyway, just getting like, wow, being very honest here. I forget what my point was. Oh, but she always tells me, like, things are flexible. Mm-hmm. You can cancel. Yes. Absolutely. Nobody's going to die. Like, no. nobody's going to hate you. Nope. And when you really start thinking about it, it's one probably minor thing in that person's life. Mm-hmm. that you have had to cancel or had right. to be like, you know what? I really wanted to do this thing, yeah. Um, but I don't have like the capability right now. Yeah. And how are they going to respond? You <laughs> like, they're going to be <laughs> yeah. like, oh my gosh, it's okay. Totally like fine. how would I respond? I would be like, I'm glad you're taking care of yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There is, especially in the world, in the sphere of publishing, there are no life-threatening emergencies happening. Your career is not going to be over. People aren't going to like, you know, write you off for the rest of time. Like, you know. Yeah. Cause you, cause you couldn't give one blurb that you wanted to give. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we've all been there. And I think um, like, I know that it's hard when you are on the receiving end of somebody not having time to blurb your book. Like it's not like the best feeling, but it's like, I get it. I totally understand that. And I've been in that same position myself. So nobody's going to hold that against you because we've all been there. Yeah. And I think what I'm learning too, what I constantly have to relearn. Are you okay? Yeah. No, you're good. Oh, okay. Like what I constantly have to relearn and what we were just talking about too, is to be like, I need to start saying, I really want to do this Mm -hmm. and let me get back to you or let me, let me check and like process it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And just be like, you know what, if I can get to this, I absolutely will, but I can't make any promises right now. Yeah. Check in with yourself and also like plan for my future self. Right. Yeah. 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 There's my, so my... (laughs) office is in the front of the house mm-hmm. and so my husband and child just went outside and are you know, standing outside of the window of my office 
Oh my god, cute. And waving at me. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> Just being goobs. <laughs> but yeah, I it's good that you are realizing you're in this spot and you need to make some changes and do some stuff differently to better take care of yourself. <laughs> but please don't beat yourself up for not getting there sooner because Thank you know you. we get there when we get there. Or overcommitting. I always feel, mm -hmm. um, I guess, but my thought was it's one minor thing to that person, most likely. Yeah. But like, it makes a huge difference when it. Yeah. For Take you. it off your plate. Yeah. 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 Totally. Ugh. And that's completely fair. How are you? I'm good. I'm kind <laughs> of in the same place. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was saying I had a little, uh. Minty B, as the kids are calling it these days, <laughs> <You know. laughs> where I just like, I really just hit, hit the wall, um, with, you know, maybe having two books on deadline at basically the same time is like not the best way to schedule out my time. Um, yeah, but the end is in sight and I am almost there and, uh, we just recorded an episode, which you'll hear in a couple weeks where we were talking about like our star signs. And I think mm -hmm. this is just like the Leo in me just comes out in these moments where I have like the breakdown and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm not actually going to change anything. I'm just going to push through a little bit harder. Ooh. <laughs> but the good news mm -hmm. is, is that because I had the breakdown, my husband is like, bro, mm -hmm. you need to take it down a notch. I'm going to step in and help you out a little bit. Um, and because I'm incapable of asking for help myself, mm. he kind of had to swoop in and be like, no, I will help you whether you want me to or not. Mm. Like, this is just what's going to happen. So yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. We're doing awesome. <laughs> I feel I like. I will say. Oh, oh God. No, no, no. I will say having these conversations, even though like we talked about, like it is you know, another thing on the to-do list and on the calendar, but I like having these conversations really helps me each week to just have these check-ins with other authors and with you. And just knowing that we're all experiencing the same shit does mm -hmm. help a little bit. Even just like, I don't know, like if this is something you struggle with having like a little zoom check-in with a writing friend once a week or like, mm -hmm. or a coffee date with a friend in your town or like I don't know I just feel like if I didn't have this with you if if nobody was expecting me to show up yeah I would like it would be me alone with the gray sky <laughs> just like <laughs> you know yeah yeah I feel that I, I, feel I wouldn't that. have been able to laugh or smile like this today yeah yeah and like I love that we just had a really great conversation where we did get to like be a little bit ridiculous, but also talk about like serious and important things that yeah. it just feels good to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad that we're here for each other. <laughs> Me too. We need it. And um, we, I also hope that like we're here for you all like tuning yes. in. You yeah. know, it's really cool to hear like, oh, y'all come with us on, on my walk or come with me on my walk or on my drive to work. And like, 
I don't know. I think the whole point of podcasts or books or any form of like putting yourself out there Mm -hmm. is to not feel alone. Yeah, for sure. And to feel like connected to a community and to people and to be like, oh, they go through that too. Cool. I'm not like a super freak, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, that to me is like the best part about doing this. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah. So you're not alone. Yeah. Please take care of yourselves. Seriously. Even though we can't necessarily take our own advice. <laughs> We're trying. We would love it if you could take our advice. That would make us feel better, actually. And <laughs> that would be cool. I also feel uh, like, though, that's a very common thing. We're so oh, yeah. good at being like, hey, friend. Don't read your reviews. Take care of your, you know, take a break. And then for our own selves, we're like, you motherfucker. (laughs) How dare you not take on this one more thing? Yeah. 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 And like, you know, that saying, like, be your own best friend. I think of that a lot. Mm. I'm like, have I been a friend to myself? No. No. (laughs) I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The things I say to myself, I would never dream of saying to people that I don't like, let alone people that. I do like, you know, you know, you yeah. know, we need a Ted Lasso rewatch. We do. Oh, we do. We do. <laughs> we do. That's the thing. Um, But if we can't get to Ted Lasso, this bonus episode that we have today is going to make you feel better because mm. we laughed so hard <laughs> recording this episode. And I like honestly can't even really remember <laughs> what we were laughing about but i don't think it matters because <laughs> we we went down some rabbit holes <laughs> let me tell you you were gonna be like, like these people actually are super freaks not like <laughs> like yeah super freaky yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> i um it was just like i always like look over the like topics before we record an intro so I can like remember what we talked about on the episode but I'm like none of this stuff is funny why were we laughing so hard really we made it funny and Ashley made it funny um oh like like the topics in general were not supposed to be funny these aren't that funny what was the problem because we went amazing we, we, we went, went there. there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we are chatting with Ashley Poston today, who is just a freaking delight and an absolute genius. Her yeah. books are incredible. But then also she's just an amazing human being. So, so good. Oh, my God. Um, and I love, I, I did not know this because, so Fallon is the brains behind doing her editing. You're incredible, by the way. Thank you. And um, I didn't know that when we laugh, it kind of like mutes it. Yeah. And now so. when I listen to an episode, um, when I am brave enough to hear my own voice and I listen to it, uh, it's funny because I'll listen to you and our guests and I'm like, I love it. And then I hear me and I'm like, oh God. Just yeah. No, anyway, that's normal. That's normal. But it's funny because when I hear like a pause, I'm like, oh, my, we were cracking up. That's why. Yeah. And now it's like, do I have to start laughing like, ha, 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 like really low so it'll catch it? It'll keep it? Well, I think what happens is when we laugh so loud, it like, it pulls it back so that it's not like overwhelming. So I think if we like lean away from the microphones when we're laughing. Also, I think it's just going to take that out sometimes. So if you hear those random pauses, it's because we were laughing our asses off and I love it. 
<laughs> the recording software is like, oh, nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> and there's much laughing in this episode. Yes. So, um, yeah, just insert your own laughter into those pauses and you'll be good. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. It's good to go. All right. Well, this episode is incredible. We hope you love it. And uh, please stay tuned and we'll be right back with Ashley Poston. Yay. Welcome back. Happy to meet cute people. We are so happy to have you here. Um, and we are extremely happy to have the amazing Ashley Poston with us today. Ashley is the New York Times and USA Today best-selling author of The Dead Romantics. After graduating from the University of South Carolina with a bachelor's in English, she spent the last decade working in the publishing industry before deciding to pursue writing full-time. When not writing, she likes trying various arts and crafts. She's currently addicting to building miniature rooms. Amazing. And taking, I, I, I oh. actually am not building miniature rooms anymore. They are dead to me. <laughs> That's also amazing. I can't do it. My hands are too shaky. <laughs> oh, no. They had their moment. That's okay. They had their moment in the sun and then I yeeted them against a wall. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you, do you still enjoy taking long walks and listening to Dungeons and Dragons podcasts? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, she bides her time between South Carolina and New York and all the bookstores between. I love that so much. Ashley, so happy to have hey. you here. So happy to be here. I'm oh, my God. I'm about the miniatures. I love it. That's amazing. That's actually like one of my favorite parts about doing this podcast is so many of us have no idea what is in our bios. Yeah. Until somebody reads it to us and we're like, oh, well, that doesn't apply anymore. That, that applied six months ago, but but since then I have I have realized that I do not have the patience. I was like trying That's to fair. like uh, put together a detective agency and I had to put I think it was like a, like a like 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 a paper on a bulletin board and I couldn't get it on the bulletin board and I kept trying and trying and the and the bulletin board warped with the glue and, and I was like, you know what? We're not Life's too shit. I love that. Um I see a cat behind you. Yeah yes, that is a that is Moose, uh Moosefer. Um <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> don't 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 let his his calmness fool you. He has there's a reason these plants are so high up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He is a piece of can, can I curse on this podcast? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> He's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I love him. Oh. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Courtney's cat, my favorite thing that cat does is they'll come, she'll come and like mute Courtney's microphone while we're recording. Yeah. He's like, no more. We're done. No more. We're done. <laughs> like, I have spoken too much. 
I am like oh, currently my... nursing like a kitten in like the back room. She's like six weeks old. She oh. has like one good eye and one monster eye, and her name oh. is Bean. She's adorable. She's great. But then Moose will like come to the back room, and they can't they can't meet yet because she's getting over like an eye infection. Don't want to catch. Anyway, long story short, he will stick his paws under the door and just keep rattling it. <laughs> And so I had to buy a baby gate <laughs> so he can't reach the door. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! Are you fathers? <laughs> he doesn't quit. He um, doesn't. Are you fostering this kitten? Um, no. So my mom uh, found her in a neighbor's driveway when she was four weeks old. She like couldn't see because her eyes were crusted closed and uh, had, like a really bad conjunctivitis and everything. And so uh, my mom was like, well, I can't take care of her because I got a bad back and I can't, you know, bend down much. And I'm like, I, I have, I have two cats. I can't, I can't take care of it. And, and then she was like, but she's a torty. And I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> Fine. I'll do it. <laughs> I also have a tortie. Yeah, I get I, it. I promised myself I would never have another one after Paprika, um, who passed away in January. Oh. And, uh, and lo and behold, um, life was like, ha, you thought. So uh, <laughs> sometimes they come to us. They come sometimes. to you when you need them. The cat yeah. distribution center, um, system is is real whack, but I I, I enjoy it. <laughs> What's her name? Um, her name is Bean. Oh right, I'm sorry you said that. Yeah. Bean, that's the cutest Bean, name. Ever. Beanie, Beanie baby, Beanie weenie. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Uh, and my and my other cat, who you haven't seen, who you probably will not see because she's she's chicken. Uh, her name is Muppet. Oh my so. god. You pick the best names. So cute. Thank you. Oh my god, that's amazing. Thank uh, you for the cat appreciation. Yes. Yes. I'm. I'm sorry. I went on about my cats. We are not here to talk about my cats. Even no, though they are the light of my amazing. life, love of my life, shits of my creek. It's fine. <laughs> oh my god. Please ignore that phrase when it's in my next book. Just pretend. <laughs> Please use it. Please use it. <laughs> Thank you to Ashley Poston. Oh, like, oh I would my just gosh. Like That's incredible. Thank you for the acknowledgments. That's it. Okay. That's it. Can do. Done and done. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, you have released the most incredible second romance. Um I, I know you have written several books before the dead romantics, um, but I feel like the sophomore romance novel is always a challenge for a lot of people. But this book, it's so freaking good, Ashley. I can't even like I started reading it and I like basically ignored all responsibilities for the rest of the day because I was just like, I have to see how this turns out. And it mm -hmm. was just so, so gorgeous and wonderful and amazing. Um, so can you tell our listeners, kind of give us the elevator pitch, tell us what it's about? Oh, gosh, of course. Uh, so it's called The Seven Year Slip. It is about a uh, young woman who 
inherits her late aunt's um, Upper East Side apartment. And when she moves in, she finds out that she has a surprise roommate. Uh, and the surprise is not the roommate part, but the fact that he lived seven years in the past. So uh, it's like a it's just like a forced proximity uh, romance, and uh, they, they 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 meet in the apartment, and then she meets him in her time um, outside of the apartment, and there's just a lot of like fun tension happening, and yeah. Um, it's, it's it's also about uh, working in publishing because I, I did for a while and um, and also about the grief of losing a loved one to uh, to suicide. So. Hmm. Not more just... at the end, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it ties all of that so beautifully together where, you know, mm-hmm. she's like going through obviously these relationship struggles but then job struggles and also dealing with the grief and like it all just like weaves together so perfectly and magically um and just of course your writing is incredible also i was so hungry reading this entire <laughs> yes i was too the entire time i was like ordering hello fresh and the thing is i can't cook whatsoever same so like so I, I I burnt so many Hello Freshes. I wasted so much money, and and I live alone. So so I was like here sitting at my table, just eating burnt Hello Fresh, going, "This is good." I learned a lot here. You're like, how would I imagine this food? That's how I'll write it. Uh, exactly. Uh, and then I went and I went to go to restaurants to eat food that I could actually eat. Um, and I'm, and I'm like a huge, huge foodie. So it was a pleasure to, to write about all the different foods that I've like consumed over the years. Amazing. Um, I would like to know if there was real life inspiration for this, um, the fajita truck, because I'm going to be in New York in a couple months and I'm going to need to hunt that down. Uh, Yes, but um, it's like a family recipe. It's not from a food truck. Um, my my uncle is from a Mo- Monterey, Mexico, so his family makes the most delicious food imaginable. Um, and so uh, that fajita recipe was was is like a secret part of his family. So oh my god, mm. so good. So also, they make, oh my god, the salsa that he taught me to make. The one thing that I can make, the one thing that I can make is green salsa. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, that's a good thing. If you can only make one thing, that's not a bad one to be yes. a, it, to have on your plate. It's a party food. Just bring that and, and like tostitas or something and I'm good. I'm set. Also, salsa goes with everything. So like you can't, you can't really go wrong. Yep. <laughs> that's amazing. That's a power move. Mm -hmm. (laughs) well aside from all of the amazing food um what was kind of like the inspiration for this book um I wanted to I've wanted to write a time travel romance for a very very long time um but because I I'm a huge fan of Doctor Who and I love the way like everything is all like tiny wimey wibbly wobbly right (laughs) um (laughs) And uh, and I love how time travel plays with like um, the different stages of like a relationship, mm. and I wanted to do my own version of that because you aren't who like you were seven years ago, and you aren't who you're going to be in seven years. 
So I wanted to write a book that mirrored like basically like what it's like to like go through life at different stages and to meet someone that you're supposed to be with at a different stage in your life than you're like supposed to, right? Um, and it was really fun and I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, and yeah, I think it's I think it's also I I, I also kind of wrote it because I wanted to have a conversation with myself about. I was like okay to start a different career like later um in life or mm-hmm. or like um later than you thought you would like when I was when I was in college all I wanted to do was was work in publishing like I wanted to I wanted to live in New York and then I did it and then I I, I worked in a publisher and it was then it was lovely um but I really missed being home and I was really homesick for my family because uh, like my family is really really important to me um and being like near them when like things happen that was that ended up being very important to me too uh so I had to choose between um like the career that I thought I wanted for my entire life and like my life right Mm -hmm. uh so i kind of wanted to finally like address that and like talk to myself about it so yeah no i love that because i think it is you know especially like millennials we've grown up with this expectation of like you know you pick your job and you do your job and it's just, I feel it's so unrealistic to expect people, mm-hmm. you know, in the ages of 18 to 22 to yeah. pick mm-hmm. a career that they're going to want to do for their entire rest the of their life. Of their lives. Exactly. Yeah, that makes no sense. Um, and it's hard. And I, I used to be a teacher. Um, and when I, you know, quit teaching and stepped away from that, it was, um, it just feels really weird sometimes because my husband was still teaching. All my friends were mm-hmm. still teaching. Like I'd built my whole life around this career. And then when I didn't mm-hmm. have that anymore, um, it was a real process to kind of wrap my head around. This is not my life anymore. And where do I go from here? And yeah. I feel like we don't talk about that enough. Yeah. We, yeah, we like really don't. And it's just like, you have to like find your footing again because you aren't the same person that you were going into the career and you've learned things and you've realized that you don't like certain things or you like something else more because like, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's exhausting to think that you have to like stay on the path that you chose your entire life and you can't deviate from it. But that's what yeah. we were taught, basically. It's like, oh, you were going to get a job and you're going to work your way up in that job for the rest of your life. And then you're going to make a lot of money at the end. And like, that's just, that's not happening anymore. Yeah. Um, it probably never happened like that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Even my teenager is like, I don't know what I want to do for my career. I'm like, you're good, kid. <laughs> <laughs> just do Yep. what you enjoy right now that's all you need to worry about you know there's like so much pressure in society to i mean and it all feeds into like this you know the machine <laughs> yeah that, that the capitalistic machine yeah yep. i mean where does that pressure come from to have you know people out in the workforce as soon as possible producing mm-hmm. yeah exactly it's like it doesn't give you time to breathe or like find what you love to do and then find out and then like learn how to do it as your career um Mm -hmm. which 
like is really hard and not everyone can do it and not everyone should do it because like when I when I learned like when when I started writing I I started writing when I was like 12 or 13 I was writing fanfic uh (laughs) I still write fanfic let's be honest um but I knew I wanted to write from a very young age, but I never thought that I could actually do it as a career because it's not a viable career or so mm-hmm. everyone tells you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then like, finally I managed to transition into writing professionally full time after I um, left my, my very, very lovely job um, at the publisher that I worked for. Um, and like, it's, I love it. I I love doing what I love to do as my job. But at the same time, I had to find something else to fill the void of like, what writing did before because writing is now my job. And it's no longer like what Mm. I like love to do as a pastime. I had to find something else I had to I had to learn to do as a pastime. So that was a lot of hence the miniatures. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I have I have been through so many things, so many things. I've been through miniatures. I've I've been through watercolor painting. Hi, Clementine. Um, I've, I I I went through a gardening phase. I I did the little like beads, like the art, the bead art. Uh, I've Ooh. I've tried I've tried everything. Um, to try and like fill fill the hole that like that is still left from transitioning what I love to do into my job so you know well you have led us to the perfect segue because Mm -hmm. we did want to talk more in depth about that today thank you for that that was a brilliant (laughs) brilliant (laughs) I try sometimes You said it, and I was like, there it is. <laughs> you love how we're so smooth. <laughs> we're like, yes. Uh-huh. Nothing but net. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but yeah, I think that this is maybe something that we don't really talk about that much. Um, other like than sort of kind of dancing around the subject, but it mm-hmm. is really different when for a very long time you have used writing as like an escape and a creative outlet Mm -hmm. and something that you do for fun. And then all of a sudden you have contracts and deadlines and you're getting paid for these things, which means you have expectations on you. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's a hard transition. Um, Crafting is maybe a good way to handle that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. So hard. (laughs) But, um, well, aside from crafting, how has that transition sort of affected you? Um, I, I learned how, like, I had to relearn how to love writing, uh, because Mm. originally I, I, I loved it because it was an escape. It was something, something that I could uh, do when, like, the rest of the world was just too chaotic. I could escape into this, this book that I was working on or this fanfic. Um, and once I started, um, getting contracts and writing full time. I know what was me, right? Um, doing what I love for a living. Uh, it was, it was, it, it's different because you have, you have a deadline, you have expectations. It's no longer like you and your story. It's you and your story and your editor and your copy editor and your readers and, uh, and your publisher. It's, it's no longer just you and the art. It's you and the art and everyone else. And um, we don't really talk much about like the and everyone else 
part of it because mm. we always like talk about like pursuing art as like oh you have to pursue what you're passionate about and you and you write what you love to write and yeah that is true you do write what you love to write I I love what I write um, but like professionally it's not just you and what you love to write anymore um there's like you have to make room for for more people you have to make room for like a village basically because like it takes a village to actually put a book on the shelves um and that's that's just something we don't really talk about all that much that it's not just like yeah. you alone anymore in this endeavor it's you and and a bunch of other people and if like you're used to working alone like like I was it's mm -hmm. it it can be hard to like rely on like your editor or or your team to like help you um fashion a book you know so that's so true also there's a whole element to it that like as our experience is shifting from like oh this mm -hmm. is my passion this is my hobby to now this is my career this is a job um mm -hmm. like also like the people around you and in your life their expectations also have to shift you know and that's also an interesting thing to navigate um mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's all it, it's a huge transition and it, there is it's like I remember feeling this sense of grief which was like so wild at the moment because it like I was surrounded by all this joy and like excitement of these big things happening but then this sense of loss of what used to be you know yeah. I don't know uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 really weird um it's it's weird like creating art for consumption instead of just creating art for like yourself in private or for like a fanfic community Mm -hmm. um because like there is you know the capitalistic hellscape we live in so uh <laughs> so it's not just about the art it's about the numbers it's about you know yeah. uh, how how many books you sell it's it's, <laughs> it's about how many ads your publisher takes out for your book and 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 how much uh promo and publicity they'll that they're, they're willing to like um put for your book and it's yep. just it's just a whole bunch and then like self-publishing has an entirely different like set of like you know issues and and like because like everything that they they have to do they 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 put the bill themselves up front and hope it and hope that they like make it back in returns and it's just like no matter which way you go you are going to like run headfirst into the oh this is where I have to make money if I'm mm. going to keep doing this uh in the future I have to be successful here and yeah it's yeah. just it's wild I just I, I I really miss uh the like younger me who who would sit down and write a fanfic and not worry about whether this sentence was a really good sentence, right? I didn't have that that um that editor in the back of my mind yet telling me that this isn't good enough. And I I, I miss that version of myself a little bit. Yeah. Are there things that you do to sort of shelter your creativity a little bit from that external pressure? Yeah, I don't talk about what I'm working on until it is almost done. Um I because Smart. like so yeah, because like so much of of like at least traditional publishing is about like you know uh, talking about what you're doing next and like you have to share it with like your team at a certain point and 
and like eventually it'll go out to readers and everything. So I want to to like keep it in mind for as long as I can. Um because like that's like writing is the only part of the process that I can actually control. And so it's the one part that like used to and still brings me joy. And so I have to like protect that joy as much as I can. Mm. That's so true that writing is the only part of the process you control. That's mm -hmm. so true. Yeah. I think that has been like one of the most interesting and sometimes disheartening things for me is like, I've always been a lover of books. I think most writers mm -hmm. have their whole lives and to see and hear about the inner workings of publishing um, can sometimes be really upsetting and hearing. Yeah. And I will say, I, I feel like I have been very lucky in my personal publishing process that I have had a really good team and a lot of support. Um, but when you start writing and you start making writer friends and you hear mm -hmm. about people's experiences, it is like really fucked up a lot of the time. And that has been like, a lot of it has been like, oh, so this thing and this, you know, hobby and this joyful part of my life that I've had my whole life is like the publishing industry in itself is a really, really gross place sometimes. And that has been yeah. a little bit difficult. Yeah, and, like, it's not usually, like, the grossness doesn't come from, like, the people who are, like, handling the book. Oh, because no. most of, most of, like, the, most of the, the, the orders are come, are, are coming mm -hmm. from, you know, the, the, like, higher up than, than, than your editor or your, or yeah. your publicist mm -hmm. or, or your lack thereof. Like, um, before, before I was at Berkeley, I published six young adult novels um through quirk books and also harper and i have run the gamut of bad luck um with those with those six books uh, not not a single book um i i did i did not have the same editor for a single book uh the oh. entire time i i wrote ya each each book had a different editor because because the turnover was was so wild and this is like and like then when, when I went to Berkeley and started writing adult um the seven year slip is the first book where I kept my editor from from the first book and it was such a wild uh like thing for me because like I already knew how Amanda worked and she knew how I worked and so that part of the process was a lot easier um, there were so many things about Seven Year Slip that were a lot harder because of um, the things that happened in Seven Year Slip. Um, because my my grandfather uh, died by suicide while I was writing Seven Year Slip, so mm -hmm. it was it was a it was a weird sort of uh, you know scenario for me, and mm -hmm. so it was a lot harder to to write and I ended up uh, trashing the the third draft completely and rewriting it from scratch like at like the the last minute um like I was I was writing chapters and sending sending them to my editor and she was editing them as I was writing the next chapters um because I realized that I wrote the grief of her aunt so like wrong basically I I, I I wrote it the way like I thought like I, I like how I imagined that that grief would feel like and then when I experienced it myself I was like this is not how 
like this kind of group goes it's different from like losing um losing someone to like extenuating circumstances right to like uh to, to, to other things um so uh that it was it it was a really hard book to write and so i am very happy that people are really enjoying it um it definitely took a few years off my life <laughs> oh well, so sorry for I, your loss as well yeah and i it's all right i it has to be right yeah oh yeah and yeah. i feel happy that you had a team in place at that point that you already had trust with you know like i feel like that makes such a huge difference and especially when you are um, you know, tackling topics that might be tougher, or if you realize something is wrong at the last minute that you have an editor that you can trust and go to and be like, Hey, yeah. I need to do this differently. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, priceless in that situation, I think. Yeah. And like, uh, my, my editor, Amanda, she was, she was, she, she is the backbone of, of my adult romance book. She's, she is 100% the reason they're so good. Uh, she pushes me to, like think more critically about like every single scene and every like turn the story takes and um I would not be half as good of a writer without her so amazing it's good to hear these types of stories too because I feel mm -hmm. like a lot of times we do focus on the negatives of publishing and I have to say mm -hmm. that far and away the best part of publishing is the people like it doesn't even call like there's not even like a close second whether that's yeah the, you know your actual team members whether it's talking with booksellers and librarians mm -hmm. talking with readers like that is why we put ourselves through the torture <laughs> of yep. actually publishing because the people make it worth it they they definitely do i have met so many amazing people in the community just like through uh through like events and and book launches and stuff that i would i would be a different person without them quite honestly um one of my best friends is a bookseller and we met at twitter institute back in 2017 yeah 2017 and she's like now my best friend <laughs> um so uh so yeah it's 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 wild it's 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 so it's so fun and interesting and also a little bit sad how how like the community just kind of exists around you i love it yeah yeah, yeah. beautifully I, said i think we just have to continue to give ourselves a little bit of grace maybe a lot of grace um <laughs> <laughs> as we do kind of deal with these you know, transition issues. And, you know, I'm like working on my fourth book, I still don't have anything figured out. <laughs> you know, so we have to just kind of like let ourselves feel what we need to feel. And, mm -hmm. you know, know that it it's okay. And if you need to try a 100 different crafts as your outlet, then, yeah. you know, <laughs> yes, is that a tax write off? I feel like it should be a tax. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm, I'm I'm going to try. <laughs> Let us know how it works out. <laughs> Let's see if I can sneak it by my accountant. We'll see if I can. <laughs> um, you could just be like, like, my character is going to make miniatures. So I had to 
make miniatures, so it's yeah, fine. Yeah, if I have like, like one like random sentence about like a character making miniatures, that counts, right? I can like just put it in my in my research budget. Totally counts. <laughs> Absolutely. I actually Absolutely. this is like a totally boring topic taxes i feel like we talk about taxes way too much on this podcast but what would be so wild if you like as a writer ever got like audited and had to explain your deductions it's like well i'm using that as research and they would be like well where's the book and i'd be like well it's gonna come out in three years so i can show it to you that (laughs) it's like why did you have to buy a sword and i was like I was writing a fantasy. I needed I needed to know how heavy it was. <laughs> I needed to know if 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 she could stick it like between her boobs and like how, how would she walk? Like... <laughs> These are valid questions. <laughs> but oh now I want that romance novel where yeah, it's like the sword. romance novelist <laughs> and the auditor. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> and they have to go on like trips together or whatever, like Reese for research so that like they she has can to prove. prove. Yeah. <laughs> you should uh, crunch her numbers. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He could show, oh show her a spreadsheet or two. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. I mean, that could get steamy very easily if he's like, I mean, well, what did you need this whip for? And she's like, well, <laughs> let me show you. <laughs> it's called deductibles. Snaps the whip. <laughs> oh, my God. Please, somebody write this. <laughs> you heard it here, well, folks. Well, where are you? <laughs> oh, my God. Not the bad signal for Chuck Tingle. <laughs> I'm gonna just like slide into his DMs and be like, you just listen to this one episode, please. <laughs> oh my god. And it's okay if the accountant is just a sentient word spreadsheet. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, this is the best conversation I've ever had. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Wow. I'm tempted to just be like, we should just be done now. Because how? <laughs> Flippy pops up in the corner like. <laughs> okay. Do you know that Clippy erotica is a thing that exists? I've read it. <laughs> Wait, what is this? Wait, I don't know what this is. Clippy, or what oh. is this? So, so. so... <laughs> Microsoft Word and Excel and oh. PowerPoint used to have this like little mascot yes. called Clippy. Yes, the icon. <laughs> the icon. Oh, it's, it's Clippy erotica. Oh my fucking god! It's, it's just as exquisite. As you. I need to read this <laughs> immediately. Cordy's <laughs> getting no work done the rest of the day. <laughs> Just, just know that it's, it's weird. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> like, I, I thought I had, like, you know, read it all in, like, my, like, fanfic troves. I read some, like, real, real kinky weird stuff, because, like, I, I'm ace, so I'm just like, what's this? Um, sex toys? 
what's that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. The the the, the clippy erotica is is just I I just it's it's very boring. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Oh, I can't. Um Courtney, maybe we should do like a like a bonus episode where we read the clippy erotica and talk about it. Like audiobook <laughs> narrating style, but like it's... with with cliff notes with cliff notes. <laughs> Cliff Nose is the ex-lover of Cliffy. <laughs> Cliffy! Oh my god. I feel like instead of jumping over the shark, we just punched it right in the nose. I know, I can't. <laughs> we have lost the plot. <laughs> we have. You know what? I'm, I'm a pantser. I never have a plot to begin with, but we have definitely lost it in this case. This, this was in good. the best way. In the yeah. best way. Yeah. It's, it's somewhere back in, like, the author filing deductions. <laughs> I take full responsibility. <laughs> I mean, I'm the one who always talks about taxes. I feel like... Voodoo taxes could be so sexy. <laughs> I know. I had no idea. I had no idea. Wow. Wow. Speaking wow. of sexy. <laughs> Segways are so out of control. The Oregon Trail. <laughs> oh my god. That, that cholera and dysentery. <laughs> so sexy. <laughs> before you even got it on let's be honest <laughs> i know have you ever played the card game no there's a card game oh ashley yes it is a card there's game a card? yeah and it's incredible like nobody makes it to the end it's like so reminiscent of the actual uh like computer game oh it's my God. absolutely incredible available at all stores near you. <laughs> I will have to play it because um, I, I I don't survive Oregon Trail anyway. I've tried a thousand times, uh, and then I finally quit. <laughs> Your face right now. <laughs> oh my Europe. gosh! I have to say, I this is board that river. <laughs> Our um, podcast editing software tends to take out or like lessen the laughter when it's like going through and like cleaning up the vocals. So I just want everybody to know that if you're hearing like quiet pauses, it's because we are all three like hysterically <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm just going to like not do that part. Like keep the background noise in, please, because I we'll need to hear how this is the best need to hear us howling uh but no now i'm into Baldur's gate and i am like i am systematically going through and romancing every single character right now i'm to like the 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 twink vampire and (laughs) we are we are getting places oh my god wait have you played this game fallon it's no is it a video game it is a video game it's for pc and it just came out on ps5 uh, it's kind of like Dragon Age, but um, more D and D esque, and you can romance literally everyone. Like you, like roll for for like everything. It it, it is basically D and D video game. Yeah, it is 
It is so good. Um, I hope it wins game of the year. It is, I, 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 I love Dragon Age so much, but I think this might actually take it. Um, the characters are so cool. I love it. Love it. That sounds amazing. Yes. Yeah. Are you still trying to convince me to play D and D? I haven't played before. <gasps> okay, so so if you if you play Baldur's Gate, you can actually play with a friend. So you two can play on the same campaign. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And y'all can like explore the the world together. And there's like over like 400 hours of gameplay, depending oh on God. what you choose. Like you, you can do a bunch of different things. Like it's not like a, uh, it's not a linear story. It's like you can like depending on what you choose is like like changes the outcome of everything in the story. It's 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 so good. It's so wild. I have dreamed of this my whole life. <laughs> do it. Do it. Get it. Play. Pop it. <laughs> oh my god! I found that game in Target the other day. I actually surprised my daughter at how really good I am at it. Like, not to brag. <laughs> did, did she think, you, like, a millennial wouldn't be good at pop it? I was like, this is yeah, my this is obviously. my time to shine. Um, and we forgot to mention the topic is that, like, things to keep you occupied. <laughs> oh, yeah. During, <laughs> launch, during launch and during sub and during <laughs> publishing waiting times video games (laughs) yes yes um that's amazing we really lost courtney today because she's gonna spend the rest of her day reading clippy erotica and then playing video games yeah and bop it pop it twist it punch it pull it pull it pull it (laughs) that's what the accountant said (laughs) No wonder we all became romance authors. <laughs> I was trying to make that joke. I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. My gosh. That's well, funny. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how you are a big Disney fan, um, yeah. which obviously Courtney and I are as well. And Beauty and the Beast is one of your favorites. We must all be around the same age because... Beauty and the Beast was like so so important to me as a right. child. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Ugh, it was mm-hmm. so many things yeah. in so many ways. Um, the lingering effects of the Beast, and uh-huh. now reading like monster romances and things like that. It's like uh-huh. oh yeah mm. yeah just like <laughs> oh this this changed me when I was a child in ways I didn't even realize uh-huh. until I started reading this monster erotica am I a furry does this um I actually saw this amazing reel the other day where it was like Belle's reaction after the beast's transformation and it's just like you know that classic image of the beast turning around as his human face with like his eyes all lit up and Belle's face is like, ugh, no. <laughs> I mean, how honestly, how do we feel about that transition? I don't. So <sighs> I have complicated. complicated feelings. It's complicated. Yeah, probably, but but I, I, so I am a nerd, so I know why he looks the way he does, and it's because Glenn Keane, the animator, well, the the main animator for the Beast, he 
uh, drew inspiration from the Greco-Roman like arts, and so he he made the beast look like very very beautiful. Mm -hmm. um in in like the style of like the the greek statues right so like if mm. you like compare like their their facial structures it is like it is close to the same right uh so so yeah like he like glenn keen wanted to make him like like achingly beautiful and but it turns out that like that's not what we think is pretty anymore uh so that's why like we have this reaction to it where it's like oh gaston actually looks a little better than he does <laughs> mm. Mm. i think that i think that that is maybe the hardest part is that the beast and beast as the prince which i guess his name is adam although i don't know like if that is actually a real thing um they're just like so different. Like he needed to have some of that like roughness. Like he needed some stubble and he needed to be like a little bit rougher looking. Like he's just too pretty. And you've fallen in love with the beast by the time you get to the end. So to have that big of a transformation, I think is a little bit like, wait, what? Hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, oh, this is like just it's like so startling. Like where where was the where was the beast that you kind of fell in love with but then like I, I kind of understand it because like you didn't fall in love with like the gruffer like beast parts you fell in love with his kindness and his like softness and so his appearance at the end like reflects only the kindness and softness and not the not the beast that he was which which I think is like really interesting I I, I love like the shorthand of it um because like design is like especially design in animated movies is like my crack right uh so i think it's really interesting um i like his appearance like i i like the way he's designed just because it is so like thoughtful even if it's not like this what is we true wanted. yeah yeah uh but like 100 percent, like the beast as the beast is 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 iconic and like i don't know i i i think it's the horns I really do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mm -hmm. it's it's interesting too because like a a queer person as a queers as a queer person, <laughs> I, like I I love like a very feminine looking like mm. you know cis male, <laughs> and yeah. so the, the beast was that. But and like I appreciated his hair. I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it was just so startling, and it was like who are you? I don't know you. I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. I don't know. I don't know. I have to unpack. Yeah, it, it was, <laughs> it was like really hard. Like, <laughs> um, but I also love how like Glenn Keane spent so much time on the transformation sequence that he put like production into crunch. And so like the rest of the movie is like sped up uh, because he spent so much time on, on animating the transformation sequence. So that's why they overlaid, um, the dance with like the, 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 the sleeping beauty ballroom scene, uh, is because they didn't have time to actually animate one themselves. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's it. Maybe we needed a little bit more time with human beasts. Yeah at the end rather than that just being like the last thing we see but that transition that transformation sequence is absolutely it is gorgeous beautiful it's it so, so stunning yeah maybe i and needed also, more oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna say if you've seen the broadway show of beauty and the beast the transformation live is mm -hmm. like mind-blowing 
It really is. I've, I, I, I love, love, love the Broadway more than I do the animated like, so series. Like, if I can't love her is, Ugh. like, the song. So good. And I was so mad when it wasn't in the live action. I was like, you had this really amazing Broadway that filled in all the gaps and, like, you know, connected some of the, like, plot tissue that wasn't connected in the animated movie and it makes so much sense and you just ruined it all <laughs> yep mm-hmm. yeah and he could have sung it too he could have sung it and it would have been so good because like like i like it, if i can't love her like is in just the perfect spot in in the broadway because like it's when he's at his like lowest low right Whereas, like, when when the Beast in the live action sings Evermore, it just feels like a cop-out because we already know his feelings going into this. And so it doesn't, like, add anything to mm. to his character or, or the plot. Whereas if I can't love her, he talks about, like, being, like, without a better word, put, like, for it suicidal. <laughs> so, um, like, he talks about him, like, if, like, not loving himself and mm-hmm. I think that that mm-hmm. is such a like intrinsic part of his character that if that because they just took it out most of most of the live action just didn't make any sense spoken yeah. like a true romance author <laughs> <laughs> so true oh it's so true oh my gosh all right well I could keep this conversation going for like another hour, but we will uh, respect your time and the rest of your day. Um, Okay. I know you said that you don't like to talk about your projects while you're still in the middle of them. Can you give us any hints as to what's coming next or do you not want to talk about it yet? (laughs) Well, I have been talking a little bit about it. So my next romance is coming out next summer. It is called A Novel Love Story. It is about... (laughs) It's about um, a professor of literature who finds herself in a fictional town of her favorite romance novel. Stop. Ashley. (laughs) It's it's really, really, really fun. Um, And it talks about uh, like parasocial relationships and like being unironically enthusiastic about what you love and um, being like unabe- like like unashamed to like to talk about like the the things that 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 make you happy as as an adult because I feel like as adults we kind of have to like rein in our enthusiasm a little bit um, and so this book kind of like talks about how like no you're still allowed to be to be excited and happy about like these these things that don't matter these like little tiny romance books that bring joy to you you're still allowed to to embrace them and love them and be and be like joyful about them so yeah. oh my god that's amazing thank you i can't wait i love everything about what you just said and i can't wait counting down I really hope I stick the landing. We'll see if I do. Of course you will. You will. You will. (laughs) You will, of course. All right. Before we let you go, can you uh, tell our listeners where they can find you on the interwebs and keep up with all your good news? 
Absolutely. You can find me on my website at ashposton.com, not ashleyposton.com because someone took that URL and is sitting on it and is using it for Amazon affiliate links. Rude. Yes, I, yeah, it's, it, it's so rude. Um, and uh, I'm just so mad. But uh, and you can you can't find me on Twitter anymore because X is is dead to me. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Hey Ash Poston, and TikTok, I'm also Hey Ash Poston. Uh, and I also have a Substack, which you can find through my Instagram and my TikTok and my website. <laughs> <laughs> amazing um this has been the most fun I've had in a long time and I had a really shitty morning and so I appreciate you being so hilarious and amazing and brightening my day so thank you for being here thank you I'm like the crest white strips of publishing (laughs) stealing that one too (laughs) thank you for like writing half of my next book for me in this conversation (laughs) you are so welcome (laughs) Dedicated to Ashley Poston. Yes. <laughs> so good. All right. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, listeners, for listening. And we'll chat more with you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Happy to Meet Cute. If you enjoyed our podcast, we would love it so much if you would give us a follow on social media. We are at Happy to Meet Cute on Instagram. And also, if you could please leave a review and subscribe, that would be amazing. If you would like to follow your host, you can find Courtney at court underscore k k a e on all social media platforms and you can find me fallon ballard at fallon ballard everywhere you imbibe your social media if you would like to buy any of the books mentioned in this episode you can find links in the show notes and a special shout out to zachary kibby and matt ballard for our amazing theme song thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to see you next time